You're listening to episode 187 of Mid-America Reformed Seminary's Roundtable Podcast. In this broadcast, the faculty of Mid-America discuss theology and cultural issues from a Reformed perspective. I'm Jared Luchibor, Director of Marketing. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, Reverend Paul Ipema begins a new three-part series on pastoral visitation, visiting three different groups of congregants and how pastors and others in the church can compassionately support them through times of hardship. Today, Reverend Ipema begins with the elderly. I'm Paul Ipema, Assistant Professor of Ministerial Studies at Mid-America Reform Seminary, And on today's podcast, I'd like to begin a series or continue with the theme of pastoral visitation. And before I get into specifics of various groups uh, the pastor will visit, I want to speak just for a moment about the idea of visitation or the role of pastoral visitation in the ministry. And much of what I have to say is based upon my own experience and uh, my own observation, not only of my own ministry, but of the ministry of others and those whom I have known and members of my family who have received visitation from pastors and elders and others uh, over the years. And the first thing I want to note is that uh, it seems to be that for many pastors today, uh, the role of visitation has become diminished, at least by comparison with previous generations of pastors. Um, I find that many pastors put off doing visitation or uh, do it only reluctantly, and there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, I think one of them is uh, the logistics of uh, church life today compared to what it was years ago. People live further away from uh, their church that they attend, and uh, oftentimes a lot of travel is involved in order to make visitation on a regular basis. But I also think that there are certain elements of visitation that pastors just don't uh, enjoy doing or don't feel competent to do well. So, uh, and I also want to say by way of a disclaimer at the very outset as well that uh, I do not claim to be an expert uh, in terms of the subject or an expert in terms of uh, being a practitioner of visitation. I've learned over the years from my own mistakes, my own um, failures, and I hope to use that as an opportunity to grow and also to uh, to teach and to mentor others. I've mentored many uh, seminarians over the years, and I try to use uh, the wisdom I've gathered over the years to uh, help them avoid the pitfalls that I have run into over the years. I was also blessed uh, to have a mentor early on in my ministry who taught me how to do the work of pastoral visitation. Uh, That may seem like an obvious thing that pastors can do or are able to do, but it's not as easy as that. Uh, On my first uh, seminary internship, I served a church uh, that was without a pastor. I was 23 years old and uh, basically had no idea how to do a pastoral visit. 
I could do a social visit, but in terms of how one structures uh, a visit like that, what things you say, how to use the Bible uh, in that kind of setting, all of that was foreign to me. And it was really uh, only when I uh, learned from a mentor who had been doing it for 40 years or more, who taught me how to make uh, a visit and how to uh, basically adjust the visit for the various needs of those receiving that visit that I really understood um, not only the the way in which visitation is done, but the importance of uh, doing that visitation. And so uh, I say that by way of a disclaimer that uh, I am one who has also learned along the way, and I hope that I can be of help uh, to others, especially younger pastors, in terms of doing that. Uh, I would also say it's important uh, to do that work faithfully. Uh, that seems obvious as well, but there is a connection uh, between one's pulpit ministry and uh, visitation ministry. Visitation ministry, in one sense, is an extension of the pulpit. It is the ministry of the word, and I think the pastor always has to remember that he goes on a visit as one who is called by the Lord to shepherd God's people. Uh, it's not simply a social visit, although there is certainly a, a social element involved in it, but it is uh, an official visit. It is a, a visit of an officer, one who uh, is delegated and who represents uh, Jesus Christ in that setting to those who receive that visit. I think that's very important. And I also believe that if a pastor does that work uh, faithfully, diligently, it will earn for him uh, what I call relational capital. And that is there's a, a credibility uh, and a trust that is developed over time uh, when a pastor learns to make those visits on a regular basis where people will open up, people will trust. And I think it will also enhance the preaching ministry. Uh, the pastor gets to know the congregation better and therefore the preaching is, is not abstract. The preaching can have specific application. Uh, the pastor is is learning to uh, exegete the congregation, as uh, I've mentioned that term before. It's important. It's uh, vitally important for pastors to understand the congregation. And you cannot do that at a distance. That has to be done uh, up close. It has to be done through personal contact. I think uh, for some pastors, and I, I certainly can identify with this, for some pastors there is the uh, allure, there is the attraction of uh, being in your study and doing your work uh, in terms of reading and writing and reflecting and discussing theology, maybe online with other people, uh, and not wanting to do the nitty-gritty of pastoral work. Uh, I think that's also a reason why it's often neglected. It's uh, sometimes quite messy. You have to deal with people who are broken, people who are hurting, people who um, may be in great difficulty, and we don't have easy answers for them, uh, people who require ongoing pastoral care, pastoral visitation. So having said that, uh, the first group I want to speak about today are uh, the elderly, and specifically uh, the shut-ins. I think it's important to remember as well that uh, visitation is a theme that runs throughout Scripture. God is a God who visits his people. And of course, that's seen most clearly in the visitation of his son, Jesus Christ. And even in Jesus' public ministry, 
Uh, Jesus did not minister, as it were, at a distance. Jesus ministered up close and personal. Uh, he, he touched people. He entered into people's lives. And I think that's important as well to remember. But with the shut-ins, we deal with a, a situation culturally, I think, where uh, there tends to be a dismissal or, or simply a, a, a rejection of or, or a uh, overlooking of the elderly. Uh, in other cultures, for example, the elderly are highly esteemed for their wisdom and their experience. But I find that in our own culture in North America, oftentimes the the elderly are dismissed as being out of touch with what's going on in the world. Uh, the the idea is uh, expressed, maybe not specifically or deliberately, but certainly in terms of attitudes. The uh, attitude is expressed of uh, what can an older person teach me, and why should we be concerned about the uh, the care of the elderly? And so. Uh, oftentimes they're put into uh, nursing homes, retirement facilities, and simply forgotten. But uh, those who are elderly in our congregation are a very important part of the congregation. And I think uh, in terms of pastoral visitation, it's important to remember there is a a spiritual dimension to these uh, visits as well. These are not simply social visits. And even though the elderly may uh, be tempted to turn that visit into a social visit because uh, some of them at least don't get visitors very often, uh, I think it's important for pastors to focus upon what the spiritual goal is. And we can focus on the goal by understanding what are the the needs, the concerns, what are the struggles that uh, the elderly and and shut-ins in particular struggle with. Uh, Certainly there is uh, loneliness, there is uh, grief if they have lost uh, a spouse. Many of them will struggle perhaps for years with the loss of of a spouse. And there is that void in their lives that uh, simply can't be filled by other people. And so we have to help uh, through the grieving process. Uh, sometimes it's a sense of uh, purpose and meaning in their lives. Uh, the elderly often wonder what, what is their purpose? How can they be useful, not only in terms of work, but in terms of the life of the church? How can they be useful? Um, I find that many people, when they retire, they enjoy the initial phase of that retirement. But then after a while, they begin to ask those questions uh, concerning, you know, what is my identity? Who am I? What am I to do now? How am I to uh, spend the rest of my days, my years? Um, and so I think those have to be addressed as well. And of course, shut-ins may have a limited capacity uh, to serve others, but there are small ways they can serve as well in terms of uh, imparting wisdom, in terms of receiving visitors and, and mentoring the younger uh, generation. There are also people that deal with um, pain and, and suffering, chronic illness, and those matters have to be uh, addressed as well. How do you minister biblically uh, in a way that conveys the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who deal with chronic pain, or they see the diminished physical capacities they're struggling with, or in some cases they even recognize the onset of dementia and a diminished mental capacity? Um, how do you encourage them? How do you instill uh, hope within them? Uh, for myself, I can tell you from my own experience that 
One of the things that surprised me early on in my ministry in terms of visiting the the elderly and the shut-ins was um, the encounter I had with those who were pillars in the congregation, people who served as leaders, people who were um, who were known for their strong faith, their love for the Lord, to see them struggle with the assurance of their salvation. I had that uh, in several cases over the years as a pastor, and and at first it it took me uh, by surprise. I, I was quite shocked, and I think the temptation at the time as a young pastor was simply to dismiss that. If a person would say, "I," How can I be sure I'm saved? How can I be sure now that I'm nearing the end of my life? How can I be sure that I'm going to be with the Lord when uh, when my time on earth here has come to an end? But I, I think it's not wise uh, to simply dismiss that and to say, well, come on, you know that that you love the Lord and that uh, and that you're going to be with the Lord. I, I think a person ought to uh, take that seriously. A pastor ought to take that seriously. And I think the reason why there is that struggle is that the elderly in those situations, many of them at least, look back upon their lives and they recount the narrative of their lives and and see the many ways in which they have fallen short and say to themselves or say even to the pastor, I've had them say to me, why would the Lord ever save someone like me when I think of the things I've done? So there's regret, there's remorse. And so... uh, Again, the focus would be, as as it is, I think, with ministering to those who are depressed, is you need to redirect people like that uh, away from themselves, looking only at themselves or primarily at themselves and their shortcomings, and focus their attention upon the sufficiency of Jesus Christ and the, the grace of Jesus Christ to cover all their sins so that they can end their days uh, in peace and with the assurance of salvation. I, I think there's nothing more beautiful, uh, I can tell you from my own experience, uh, it, there's nothing more beautiful than to see a, a godly saint coming to the end of their days and being at peace, knowing that they will soon be with the Lord and, and see Jesus, as it were, face to face, and uh, to die well in that old-fashioned sense of that expression, to die well, meaning to die at peace, to die with the assurance that um, death is not the final chapter in their life. I'll say more about that in a another uh, podcast, but I think it's important for people to recognize that we must minister to people in that situation by pointing them to Jesus Christ. And I would say also for those who are shut-ins and the elderly to to redirect them again to the glory of the gospel, to the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. Even though, as the Apostle Paul says, our bodies are are wasting away, yet um, there is something being renewed within us daily, and uh, we have, as it were, the hope of glory in Jesus Christ. So I would just simply say, especially to younger pastors, don't neglect the work of visitation, and especially the visitation of the elderly and uh, those who are shut-ins. They need the encouragement of the gospel. If that work is overwhelming to you, uh, recruit others from the congregation. I've done that as well. Recruit those who will serve in that capacity. And I would also recommend, by way of conclusion, um, a recent book on pastoral visitation by Tyler Arnold. This is from the uh, Lexham Publishing uh, series on the care of souls. It's called Pastoral Visitation 
by Tyler Arnold. Uh, I encouraged our seminarians at Mid-America to read that book this summer on their internships, and I, I hope it will be a blessing to you as well, whether you're a pastor or an elder. Uh, don't neglect that visitation. It is so vital, so important for the well-being of God's people and the glory of Jesus Christ. Next week, Reverend Ipema gives guidance on how the church can minister to troubled youth. Make sure you tune in next time. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with friends or family. Your support helps us bring more engaging content to your ears and helps us foster not just a community of lifelong learners, but thoughtful practitioners. I'm Jared Luchibor. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.